Support for Industry Focus comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to quickenloans.com fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, a podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. We're pre-recording in the Full HQ studio for this episode, which will go live on Tuesday, May 22nd. I'm your host, Vincent Shen, and today I have two different reasons to be extra pumped for this show. First, we're busting out the mailbag to cover a listener question that has us revisiting a relatively young industry, one that's made quite a bit of progress since we covered it last summer. Not only that, I'm also excited to introduce a new guest to the show. Joining us via Skype is Motley Fool contributor John Ballard. Welcome to Industry Focus, John. Thanks for having me. Um, this is your first time appearing on a podcast, right? Yes, that's right. Awesome. Uh, I think you chose the right show. We have a great listener base, dozens of open-minded and eager investors. And John, I was checking out your Fool.com profile too. How long have you been following The Motley Fool? Oh, uh, probably for since about 2005. Wow. So long time fool. That's great to hear. Um, mm-hmm. And based on our conversation the past few days, uh, I really think we chose the perfect episode for you to make your industry-focused debut. So let's get down to business uh, with the mailback question. So this one comes from David in Cleveland, Ohio. And fools, remember, you can always reach the industry Focus crew by sending an email to industryfocus@fool.com or by connecting with us on Twitter. Just look for MF Industry Focus. So David had this to say, I myself am not a gamer, but I do think esports is only going to get more and more mainstream. I'd like to put together a basket of esports stocks and would be interested to know what you all recommend. It seems there's a few player uh, obvious players, but there must be other ancillary companies that are benefiting from the sport's growing popularity. I first heard of esports a few years ago when a younger colleague of mine went to New York City for a weekend tournament. He and his girlfriend spent considerable money to sit in Madison Square Garden for a day or two and watch their favorite players. At the time, I thought they were a little nuts. Now I think they're on the leading edge of something big. John, I think you and I both inclined to agree with the last part of David's message that esports is on the verge of really taking off, because depending on who you ask, some would say already has. Has, but we're going to take time to walk through some of the history of esports and the drivers that have lifted the industry to its current status and popularity. And then we'll dig into the main companies targeting esports before talking about important recent developments, getting a handle on some of the actual financial opportunity, and then what investors can expect going forward. So, John, you've been closely covering the video game business. Uh, you have personal experience with some popular esports titles too, but competitive gaming has been around for a long time in different forms. Would you agree that esports in their current form are really the product of a gradual evolution rather than something really new to the world. Yeah, it's 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 you can trace it all the way back to the 1970s with uh, small tournaments and arcade competitions, and it gradually, with the faster internet speeds, it started coming on. It, it started to take off just really probably in the last 20 years, and then it just it just kept the momentum just it just kept building with with social media and you know Twitch. Uh, the first big eSport game uh, was probably Starcraft in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. It was it was really the first game that emphasized uh, talent and skill and team based or not team based, but it it it, it, de- it, it started it de-emphasized the the button smashing of the arcade days and it was a very very thoughtful game that required players to make a lot of decisions and strategize. Yeah. And I and think uh, yeah. something with the arcade games too that you mentioned um, that I'd like to to jump in on with this kind of fun story. It's important to keep in mind that just because there weren't 
these multi-million dollar contracts and city-based teams 5, 10, or even 30 years ago. doesn't mean there weren't already a lot of video gamers looking for ways to compete against each other. Um, and I remember seeing a documentary from 2007 called The King of Kong, really awesome movie. And the documentary follows a rivalry, essentially, between these two experts uh, who are fighting, angling for the world record high score in the 1980s arcade version of Donkey Kong. So for something as harmless sounding as an arcade game kind of competition, there's a surprising amount of intrigue and controversy there. Great movie. I recommend to any fools who've yet to see it. And for my personal experience, too, around 2002, 2003, I was playing a ton of Counter-Strike. That's a first-person shooter game that's popular to this day. My friends had a clan and everything. We'd set up low-level matches against other teams. But there were leagues, rankings, and even then the best players were already competing in pretty big tournaments with cash prizes and scholarships. So this has been building up over uh, you know years and years. Uh, but the big, the big thing that you mentioned with faster internet speeds, more and more robust multiplayer experiences and larger and larger player bases, it's make it's raising the kind of bar for competition and turning it into something that people are really interested in seeing in terms of a spectator event. Yeah, and, and it, yeah, it, it it's 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 Twitch, it's social media, YouTube, all those elements. They're, they're they've come together in the last ten years, and it's it's made esports, uh, it's made it make headlines. Uh, and you know, companies are seeing you know a game like League of Legends. It started you know started getting popular around five to seven years ago. There's there's tens of millions of people that tune in to watch that annual championship event. And so companies are, are recognizing that they're seeing, you know, hey, we can take our popular franchises, launch that into esports too, and sell advertising. And so uh, it, it's just it's 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 companies are starting to invest their own money into this, and that's something that's never really happened before. And that's that's really why this is really starting to take off. Yeah. I- with that in mind, you know, with, now that you've mentioned those companies, I want to stop there before we go any further because yeah. I do want to get some of the actual companies and stocks into the mix. So, investors are pretty fortunate with video games in that there are quite a few publicly traded companies targeting the esports opportunity, and they also happen to be some of the leading names in the industry. So, um, a lot of our listeners have probably heard of Activision Blizzard, ticker ATVI, Electronic Arts, ticker EA, uh, Take Two Interactive, ticker TTWO. So, across the board, we're seeing esports come up more and more in these companies' press releases and their earnings calls. So I'm going to share a few quotes from management teams. It's not like I had to go digging to find these examples. So these are all from the most recent quarterly investor calls. So from Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick, he says, the inaugural regular season of the Overwatch League is progressing well with millions of viewers each week, an average viewing time of over an hour, which provides our multiple global broadcast partners and sponsors with access to a highly engaged and hard-to-reach audience. The Overwatch League continues to thrive and our players are getting even broader recognition of their incredible talents in mainstream media. We see even greater opportunity with the playoffs and grand finals still to come. And we've begun sales of our next round of Overwatch League teams. And over time, we believed our esports initiatives could rival traditional sports for audience interests, advertiser interests, sponsors, ticket sales, and merchandise sales, both virtual and physical. So it's really impressive. And then as part of those efforts, the companies, they're also upping their hiring of people with experience in sports and marketing and broadcasting. And then I have another quote here from Electronic Arts CEO, Andrew Wilson. He says, and in terms of esports, we talked about this a little bit last quarter. I mean, we saw tremendous engagement in both our Madden League and our FIFA League up significantly year over year and breaking records in both broadcast television and on digital channels. We're going to continue to double down there. We've got an entire competitive gaming group that are pushing to grow. 
that and really think about the ongoing evolution. So those comments, again, are just from this month, and I don't think it gets any clearer that the leading industry players are taking the esports opportunity really seriously, and that doesn't include other major video game play, uh, publishers that are just not public companies. So. Everyone listening can keep track of what titles kind of go with each company as we discuss uh, more recent progress and developments. So for Electronic Arts, uh, they have a lot of popular sports franchises forming the bedrock of their esports division. So across their esports franchises, they have over 100 million players, with almost 20 million of them getting involved in their FIFA and Madden competitions. And on top of that, they're hoping to branch out from sports titles to some of their action games like Battlefield later this year. And for Activision, it's major esports titles Overwatch with 40 million registered players, but a Call of Duty-based League is also in the works, and there we're talking about an even bigger fan base with hundreds of millions of players. The company delivered a record Q1 2018 with almost $2 billion of revenue and double-digit growth for both the top and bottom lines. So we'll take a deeper look at numbers, financial contributions from esports in a bit, but I'd like to offer some updates from the notable achievements in esports that we covered last summer, because at the time, uh, we talked about multi-million dollar cash prizes, growth in attendance at live esports events. And John, what's the latest news? Because I feel like the industry is constantly hitting new milestones at this point. Well, Overwatch League started in January. It's it's uh, Of course, there was a big buildup with it last year. Uh, the company just kept talking about it on conference calls. And mm-hmm. a lot of investors were uh, had high expectations. And, well, the, I mean, the league is... It's pretty much maybe exceeded expectations. They had 10 million total viewers opening weekend. They've been averaging 200 to 300 thousand viewers average per day. Um, they've also, they've also, of course, that's 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 the one making headlines. But they've also got Call of Duty World League launching um, this year, and there could be other esport leagues coming in the future. And then you have EA, Electronic Arts. Uh, they they've got their FIFA, Madden. Battlefield franchises coming into esports uh, this year, and the viewership I've seen uh, those those leagues probably aren't doing maybe quite as well as Overwatch League. I, I, from the data I've gathered, they're they're probably doing maybe around a hundred thousand, maybe a little less uh, in viewership. And then we have Take Two Interactive. Uh, they've launched NBA 2K League this month in May, and uh, they've that 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 game is not really probably doesn't have quite the the wide viewership as Overwatch and FIFA. I mean, the uh, some comments of people I saw on Twitter mentioned it was on, it only got maybe like 10,000 viewers, but you have to understand it's also a game that it doesn't really rank very high on Twitch. It might get, I mean, casual people tuning in to Twitch to watch other people play it. There's like maybe 1,000 viewers a day. So it got a bump. It's not... Uh, man- management, though, they say they're, they're happy about it. They're still very enthusiastic about it. But I think the the heavyweights among the companies is is Overwatch League and probably FIFA and Madden after that, um, and you can see it in the way the companies talk about it when they, you know, EA, EA and Take. I found something kind of interesting that EA and Take Two, they're not being as proactive in releasing press releases, giving information about what's going on at their esports. Activision releases a lot of information. They they're, they're telling you how much money they're making. On advertising sponsorships, uh, they're telling you how many, how many viewers they're getting, they, and they and they really speak a lot about it in conference calls. EA, uh, they they the EA has mentioned some viewers, and and they're happy with it, but they don't these those companies aren't really they're not they're not really talking up their esports as much as Overwatch and, and Activision, and you know usually from as investors when we when we see that you 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 think that uh, you know th- those companies. 
they, they're maybe not they're maybe not doing it as well as investors. That, you know, that they're not meeting expectations. But um, I, I think I think all eyes right now are on Overwatch League because it's just it just has an unprecedented structure sure. and how it how it's set up and um, it, it's I mean the, the management's really ambitious about turning that into like an NBA scale type type league. 2018 is is the first year ever that, that all three of these publicly traded companies, Activision, EA, and Take Two, have. They they have professional leagues launching, and so this is really a, a big year for esports. It's a it's a real milestone kind of watershed moment, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even for electronic arts, you know, they've mentioned some things like they actually had the number one esports program on television in 2017 with their Madden Challenge special. Um, they talk about their road to the E World Cup had 17 million digital views, so still some impressive numbers on that side. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. they're not. Uh, even if they're not potentially touting it as much as some of the competition, um, but just a couple more minutes here. I also want to dedicate some. You shared some thing, uh, some notes with me that had really impressive uh, details about. Uh, what players are kind of getting from some of these professional gamers getting from their contracts, um, partnerships with professional sports leagues? Can you just share some of the developments there, really quick? Well, uh, yeah, there, there's that's uh, one of the interesting things about esports. I mean, uh, the, these these players are they're getting signed to these contracts, and I, I think in a, in, a, in a lot of ways, uh, as we as we monitor the, the progression of esports going forward, this is going to be a good way to monitor the magnitude of esports. Um, so the minimum, uh, the minimum salary of Overwatch League, the minimum is $50,000 and that's, these players are given health insurance and retirement savings plans over that. And each player gets 50% of their team performance bonuses on top of that for achieving certain things through the season, like winning little, uh, playoffs that happen in between stages of the season. And then that's, that's total of all that's three and a half million dollars in team performance bonuses. And then the winner, the champion of the whole season, will get a one million dollar award on top of that. So there's some money at stake. Uh, but Overwatch pros they, they spend they spend they, they they spend a lot of time practicing these games, and they're they're being recruited for their skill, and they're being put on these contracts so that they have they have a, they have the uh, you know they they have the the, the support from the company to just spend all their time year round playing these games. Yeah, these are people who are spending like 12 hours a day practicing. Mm-hmm. Like right. very much true to kind of what an athlete would experience trying mm-hmm. to reach the top of their game. And um, something else that I thought was really interesting and important to the de- big developments for this industry uh, was something that you wrote about on fool.com recently and that was a partnership that one of these companies had with Nielsen kind of trying to uh, get some legitimacy with in terms of esports ratings and how important that is for advertisers could you talk a little bit about that well in order to attract advertisers that's uh, that's going to be the big revenue driver for these professional esport leagues uh, it's uh, along with sponsorships, that's going to make up. That's estimated to make up 77% of the esports market this year. So it's a it's a big thing. And in order to get that advertising, there has to be uh, verifiable data about who is watching and for how long. Mm-hmm. And Nielsen TV ratings, of course, those are the the authority of when, when it comes to this. And so, very recently, Activision announced that Nielsen will provide its TV rating expertise. To provide that data for the company's esport events for specifically Overwatch and Call of Duty World League, and uh, this could really get the momentum going for esports ability 
to attract advertisers, which it's going to need if it wants to, you know, get reach that scale of the NBA. So Nielsen, they, they track what those ratings measure is a percentage of the people watching between 18 to 49 years old of age. And Activism is essentially placing its eSport events by doing this. They're, they're, they're putting those events against the biggest entertainment channels in the world. If you look at you know TV shows like The Walking Dead and Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. the most popular TV shows, they generate you know millions and millions of viewers a week. So Overwatch League, you know, it's generating 200 to 300,000 average per day. And that's when that's for matches held Wednesday through Saturday. And so, you know, we think, well, that's 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 nothing. Why would why would advertisers be interested in 200,000 viewers? And that brings up another interesting angle about this. The I mean, it's it's clear the Activision executives, you know, they've released all this information about what they're seeing in engagement and viewership and the money they're generating so far from this. They they know they have something very valuable and uh they wouldn't wear us doing this if if Nielsen was going to put out a weak report. They knew there was a good chance that that would totally just just it would stop Overwatch League and, and its tracks, and it would probably it probably ruin the growth opportunity for a lot of other esport events as well. Yeah, I think a big part of that is just the confidence that they have yeah. with uh, getting into this partnership to show that you know right now it's still in the early stages. They might not have those you know, those mega audiences that some of the traditional television networks might be able to command. But in the end, this is building up towards something that really can rival, uh, maybe not the biggest shows necessarily, but uh, common series, maybe 1 million, 2 million viewers, Mm -hmm. definitely reaching that point. So very impressive stuff there. Um, And I know a lot of our listeners are also at this point going to be wondering about monetization, looking for numbers to crunch. So next up, we're going to share our thoughts on just how sizable the esports contribution can be to revenue and profits. Support for Industry Focus comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, and your life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to quickenloans.com fool. Again, that's quickenloans.com slash full equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030 okay so we've managed to set the stage a little bit for how big sports is or big esports is getting and a few years ago uh, companies were more tight-lipped about uh, how profitable or lucrative some of these events and leagues could be but now the viewership and engagement uh, are exceeding a lot of, a lot of expectations companies are sharing more much more detail um, Activision, for example, they're managing to sell teams in its esports league for $20 million each or more, and that number uh, seems to be going up. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of the actual contributions uh, that these opportunities are making? Well, okay, so yeah, the Activision, they, they recently revealed that they've sold so far 12 teams for $20 million each, and that, that comes out to about $240 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, they sold more than $100 million of broadcast rights and sponsorship sales, and that's just for a handful so far. So, uh, you know, this is why the Nielsen news can be big, because that, if, that, if, that, if Nielsen reports strong data and gets that accelerating, brings in more advertisers to have interest in this, that, that'll increase that even more. So the company, Activision, wants to expand Overwatch League to 28 teams. Um, so... That gives us a clue as to where the scale this is going to be. Uh, management has said the price of teams are so far going up because there's such demand they're seeing because of the strong viewership from the, from the beginning of the year. So 
let's say let's say teams sell for twenty five million dollars. That's that'd be an additional four hundred million dollars. And ESPN has already has already reported from their sources that that could fetch between thirty million to sixty million dollars each. So you do the math, 16, 16 teams that for six, for as much as $60 million, that could be another billion dollars in revenue. Or yeah, and, getting really close to that point very quickly. Yeah. And so now we have to keep in mind though, that's just, that's just one time team sales. That's not recurring revenue, but obviously these, these are, these are smart business people. These are entrepreneurs. I mean, you have Robert Kraft of the new England Patriots who's bought one of these teams. Um, you know his track record speaks for itself in the NFL, growing the New England Patriots. So these are these are these are well-informed business people buying these teams. So and they obviously expect this to be a good investment and to rec- and recover that cost of these teams and profit over the next several years. That's that's something interesting to keep in mind about these team sales. So in a way, these team values kind of give us an indicator as to what potentially could be you know the annual recurring value of Overwatch League you know whether you, if you want to think about it in terms of revenue or whatever it, it's it, it's 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 pretty obvious that this is this is going to be conservatively this will probably be at least a billion dollar business segment for Activision when you kind of look at all that I mean it's you add up the team sales you add up the sponsorships you you anticipate there's going to be more advertisers coming in at some point spending money uh, annually on this. Um, well, yeah, I would so, go beyond that, really, you know, beyond yeah. the direct contributions from things that you mentioned, like sponsorships, advertising, ticket sales, franchise deals, you know, management at these companies, they also recognize that a lot, their bread and butter here is also from the increased interest that they generate in their esports titles, because this ends up creating a virtuous cycle, because esports popularity draws in more viewers, more potential players, and while most of the game, most of these games do cost money to purchase, so companies get revenue from that initial sale, they want to extend the, the kind of the revenue tail generation generation the tail of revenue generation from each title and that happens thanks to greater engagement because most of these games have in-game purchases downloadable content and some popular titles like Fortnite which uh Tencent has its fingers in as part owner of the game's developer so that costs no money up front and it's free to play but even then uh the latest estimates for that game put monthly revenue at over 200 million dollars so really really impressive um we have a few more minutes. Uh, I want to address a part of David's question that asked about the non-obvious players to include in an esports basket, because uh, when we were talking uh, about this before the show, several names came to mind that uh, we kind of ended up disqualifying, and those included Amazon, thanks to its uh, ownership of Twitch and then Alphabet because of its YouTube platform. But the problem with uh, both these companies that gaming makes up a very small part of their businesses. And as quickly as Twitch is growing its audiences, its affiliates, Amazon investors note that the earnings engine at the company is Amazon Web Services. And then Alphabet does not break out results for YouTube specifically, but it's safe to say that it's still a pretty small portion of the top line. And YouTube gaming specifically is still a relatively young effort. But beyond the kind of media side of things, there's also, I think, a way to tap into esports growth through certain hardware providers, the big ones being NVIDIA and AMD. So a lot of people want... Uh, top-of-the-line gaming PCs to be as competitive as possible. Uh, they want the latest graphics card or GPU. So that's a big part of that. And I spent, I remember personally spending more money on my GPU than any other component uh, when I built my computer a few years ago. And average selling prices for these products are going up. Both NVIDIA and AMD reported 70% and 95% growth respectively in their gaming spe- segments in the latest quarters. Um, and on the latest earnings call, a really telling quote from NVIDIA's CEO, Jensen Huang, he said this, Fortnite and PUBG are global phenomenons. The success of Fortnite and PUBG are just beyond 
comprehension, really. Those two games are a combination of Hunger Games and Survivor. Uh, they've captured the imagination of gamers all over the world, and we see the, we saw the uptick, and we saw the demand on GPU, GPUs from all over the world. Um, that is in reference to a $6 billion segment at that company, so more than half of their revenue. And I consider that closely tied enough to the esports opportunity that both they and AMD are solid options to include in any kind of esports basket that David wants to create or any uh, other listeners want to create uh, beyond uh, the peer players in terms of companies like Activision and Electronic Arts. So last thing uh, before we close out our episode here, um, I'd like to spend a few more minutes talking about kind of the outlook. Um, John, when you and I were... Uh, Chatting before the show, some you brought up some points that I thought were really interesting and in how esports are going to impact game development going forward, and also how they might change the content of games to be more appealing to wider audiences. Can you speak to that really quickly? So, you know, one thing benefiting the esports multiplayer growth right now is is how games like Overwatch and Fortnite uh, it, it can bring in more female gamers into the shooter genre. I think this is a really important thing to understand about where esports has been and where it's going it's it's historically been sort of small and not very relevant to the industry and not to mention to the wider world of entertainment and part of that reason is that typically video games have been associated primarily with men and you see this in esport tournaments where finding a female gamer playing on a team is it's it's very hard to find it's almost non-existent and it's it's because shooters like counter-strike and call of duty like we talked about earlier, they're, they're realistic military shooters, and that that tends to kind of limit their base and audience to primarily males. So Overwatch has this colorful, bright presentation with a balance of, of female and male in-game characters that you can play. And I think I, I, I think that's, that's really attracting more women to the shooter genre, and it's also happening with Fortnite. I mean, I, I saw a study recently where twice as many female players play Overwatch than the average shooter. It's, I think it's about 16% of the player base. And I, I, I can attest to this from my own experience playing the game and watching people play it on Twitch. Uh, this, is, this is a really important thing for Overwatch League's ability to attract advertisers. Obviously, with more women in the game, there will clearly be more women viewers watching uh, esports matches. And uh, we can... We can we can already. See, I've, I've seen. I've seen this on Overwatch team so far. Where there's, there's. I've seen at least one. There's one woman uh, who's actually on an Overwatch League team, and so this kind of opens the door for women viewers and and more women getting involved in esports. Uh, well, for example, uh, Activision just came out with their press release for for their new Call of Duty coming out this fall. It's it's mostly being aimed at at, at the multiplayer uh, segment of of the gaming community. They they they're really playing down their single player. And playing up more of the multiplayer, and it's about it's about positioning the game more for esports, especially with Call of Duty World League ramping up this year. But it, it's it's just it just shows where the industry is. It's all about multiplayer games. It's about what is going to keep players spending most time in games. And right now, that's that's games like like Fortnite and and uh, Nvidia, the graphics you know the graphics maker. Uh, they they you know they've they've been crediting these games for driving their demand in GPUs recently. Yep. So that's gonna. So, influence the way these games are developed um, and, and kind of uh, color how the companies think about where they put their priorities, where they pl uh, place their focus for um, you know the actual format for these games. But um, that's all the hot time we have uh, for today. Uh, thanks a lot, John, for joining us today. I hope uh, you enjoyed your experience uh, for on your first podcast. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. All right, Fools, thank you. Uh, thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, I'm sure we're going to be touching base again later this year on uh, developments with the video game industry, with esports. Um, so thanks again for listening. I'll be back next week. People in the program may own companies discussed in the show, and the Molly Fool may have formal recommendations for or against any stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear during the program. Hold on. Thank you.